Varug in front, he's hanging on, he's going to win his second successive Turnbull, Varug reached the judge. 200 metres left to go, Durbridge in front with Lexalite challenging strongly, Lexalite bolted to the lead now from Durbridge and then Prince Alieri and Rentino, but Lexalite racing away from them. They've got to the 200, it's Sunline still by about two lengths to Primrose Sands, Carpstead Way, Universal Prince is making plenty of ground on the outside, but the great mare is clear, Sunline, Universal Prince chases her home, Sunline, the Queen is back. Northerly the leader from Dash for Cashfields of Omar. Northerly in front. Northerly holding on. You're a champion. Northerly. Continuing to kick. Zipping hanging on. The old boys got home. Zipping a neck. Green Moon hit the lead now with 100 to go. Seville closes on his stable mate. Green Moon by a half. Green Moon in front. And Green Moon won it from a half. Winks has ambled up on the outside. Racing Royalty goes to the lead. Racing's wonder of the world. Puts up two legs, three legs. Ventura Storm followed by a sign, but it's all Winks. Five or six legs in front. Look at her go with 100 metres to go. 21 today on the biggest dance floor of the ball. Winks. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. Glory days indeed. How good was it to hear some of those fantastic winners of the Turnbull Stakes over the years and, of course, the world-class Australian race callers we had. That's about yesteryear. This is about tomorrow, though. Vince Accardi from Daily Sectionals. Turnbull Stakes Day. What a cracking meeting we've got at Flemington. Yeah, good morning, Rolfie. That is a cracking meeting, that's for sure. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we always need your numbers, mate, but uh, these, these mixed form lines, we certainly do for sure. So hopefully we can help out our customers. Really appreciate you being part of it. Uh, let's start off with how you expect the track to play. A little bit of juice in the track as of Friday morning. Uh, we're recording this at 5.30am. We'll obviously update everything tomorrow morning if you're getting this. Um, but as we speak, a little bit of juice in the track. Track officially soft six and the rail out nine metres. Officially soft six. Well, we know these tracks have been racing like concrete, right? Like, yes. I, and I mean in a good way, right? Because I don't think there's been too many horses that have pulled up like out of action. The reality is that nine position pretty much does mean all these on paces, lead, lead pack runners, they go straight into the lanes when they turn for home. Well, we'll talk about the straight from a different angle. So the reality is that's got to be the starting point. But... 
the caveats are two. Number one, the race shape will determine how advantaged these leaders and on-pace runners will be because they'll probably have a tendency to stick maybe closer to the fence because it's, it's going to be fast lanes, but it may help the midfielders get into 16, 17, lanes 18, and then they start to get the edge. But all things being equal, if the paces are just moderate to slightly above, you do want to be with those lead pack runners. All right, well, let's not muck around. Let's get straight to the uh, the main race, the Turnbull Stakes, and talk about mixed form lines. We're starting off with a Hong Kong horse, an international horse from Europe, and uh, and so, some local horses that are uh, so, some are in pretty good form. Others, you're not sure if they're set to peak or not with the cups ahead. Romantic Warrior is the favourite. What can you tell us about Romantic Warrior now that you've had a good look at this horse? Yeah, I was thinking about what's the best way to articulate because – this race could be very boring from a form point of view or it can be exciting on the way it's communicated, right? Yes. <laughs> because there's hardly no chances, Rolfie. That's that's probably more like the reality. Nice. Well, well actually, so, so firstly, how are you expecting the pace of the race to be run? Yeah, that's a good point. Speed-wise... There's no way – I've been saying this before – no way <laughs> under benchmark – you have to expect plus two as being the starting point. You just, that's where it sort of sits around that plus two range. Realistically, we could go to plus four or five, but just looking at the riders that are on these go forward horses, I mean, Craig Newitt, he'll allow the horse to, to roll. Jordan Childs, Goldman, I see he's that type of rider as well. He's not going to be trying to sit up on them. And that's going to be the beginning of the pace. And then when you look at a couple of other runners that like to go forward, they're also riders that will happily engage in a forward motion and not look to uh, tactically try and slow their horses down. So we're going to say two plus two plus five, and if you're really conservative, maybe benchmark to plus three or four. Goldman's a second emergency. It's also in the uh, Bart Cummings, which we'll obviously get to. So, all right, let, now, let's get to Romantic Warrior. Yeah, I've watched all the videos. You, you sort of, you know, he can take a position. One thing is he's been winning on very fast tracks, obviously, that they raced on in Hong Kong. Uh, that won't be the case tomorrow, but it'll be, a, it'll be a good track. There's no worries about that. But it's just, it's just a different factor for him. What's his talent level? Well, from a talent level point of view, Ralphie, this horse is really definitely come come of age leading into this performance profile he is sort of if i look at his low baseline it's somewhere around three and a half lengths above the ivr benchmark but he's pretty much pinned somewhere near 5.8 in my view is more likely where he's at with the potential to get up to around that plus seven range so so we've got a horse that's somewhere close to the animo level, and that's probably the way I wanted to position it. So that way there, everyone can sort of get an understanding of, and, and a horse that's relevant in terms of you can still easily put your mind into play and say, okay, well, if animo's in this race and it's ready to go, A, what should its price be? And this is part of the strategy. And B... Should it just be winning? And the answers are yes, yes, yes. Right. <laughs> right. So me keeping it, like if I want to make it boring, 
don't even worry about any other horse. Just back that, and you're going to make money if you're happy with the price, right? And it is in the black, and it's probably a worthy price, by the way. I doubt that that's a bad price because I could have the short. Not that I do markets, Ralphie. I'm, I go on the feel. I could mark this horse buck sixty, buck eighty as well, right? Well, that, that makes it really clear on what you think its talent level is compared to the opposition. Now he's not like a superstar or anything like that. How it's been touted potentially, right? He is on or thereabouts of Animo. Slightly, he's still got to get to Animo's level, but the the characteristics are there to say that he's definitely inside of length. So there's not much between them. Though, if Animo was in this race, I'd say it's two horse race. Animo beats Romantic Warrior, and that's it. And forget the rest. So uh, a little dynamic I should put on the table here for our, our uh, listeners and customers here is that um, the world pulls in operation. If you can get low twos today, I'll give them what you're saying. I think this horse is going to start odds on for sure tomorrow because that's where, <laughs> on this tote, the Hong Kong punters are betting into it. What else are they going to be backing? <laughs> oh, they'll all be backing that. The only caveat can be, yes. for some reason, that track really is slow, Ralphie. Yes, Yes. Right, and stays there, then I would say, well, myself on a professional level, I wouldn't touch the horse because I don't know. Right? Yes. There's, no, there's no clarity. But other than that, there's no way I can consider any other horse. Now, mind you, I say this, but there's a couple of – you'll probably want to know about the other horse, right? Absolutely. West Wind Blows. Yeah. I've had a really good look at this horse. It's interesting – this horse, if we go back to the 22 campaign, the horse has pretty much uh, demonstrated it's a rock solid plus 2.53, plus 3 at best. This last campaign, like now, the good news is off the August run, the horse has got, got some form. Plus 1.4 that last run was on the 26th of August. But in that campaign, we have to go to the second up run back in June 23. That's the run where it closely matches its, its profile from the first cam- campaign of around that 2.5, possibly, possibly 3.5, Ralph, if I, uh, you know, like really, really generous. I, I did some trending as well to say, okay, what's the maximum I see this horse at the moment based on the profile of what I've seen. And I went through each each of the runs. I go, right now, there's no way I could score the horse anything better than about a four. So the, realistically, he sits right in the middle around that two and a half to three and a half range. And he's absolutely behind Romantic Warrior. Not maybe, for sure, right? Yep. Now, this horse could come out and he could be a giant killer. Maybe they've been keeping the brakes on him and he just goes into stardom, I doubt that because when I looked at Romantic Warrior's profile, Ralphie, his last 10 starts were all above benchmark bar one, and that was 10 starts further back, right? This runner, though, he's very wayward. He can put in performances that are minus fives and sixes, and then he can put out a performance two, two, two and a half. That's why I feel that something very special will have to happen for this horse to make that next level. No doubt he's a good horse and he'll be very competitive tomorrow and anyone that likes the horse shouldn't be afraid of, A, what I say, and he's definitely capable of running in the money. And if 
you know, they'll be praying with the guys, look, Mr. McDonald, don't ride well, make mistakes, romantic warrior, have an off day, and they're in the money, right? Absolutely. A uh, couple, couple of locals uh, certainly worth asking about. Firstly, Gold Trip. I mean, our, our heads rolled off once the, uh, once the data came through on that Mooney Valley return. It was a soft tempo. My goodness, how big a sprint did it produce? Yeah, it, it was it was massive, and it was just really franking that this horse hasn't taken any steps backwards at all, none, and expect a big run, generally speaking, when they have such a soft first section, even though conditioning-wise it doesn't really bring them exactly where it should be. But they, they went to Cranbourne, right? Yep. And if there was that half run short, they got, they got at least half of that run in, and... You just know this horse is – so he's comfortably, probably on a even day, He's he should have a horse like West Wind Blows covered on an right. even day. I don't believe he's going to be good enough tomorrow to test Romantic Warrior. Particularly race shape wise? Well, in all facets. Yes. Yep. Just, I, just, I just feel that the, just the trending of where they're at – if Romantic Warrior happens to run below my expectation of three and a half, and mind you, that's well inside where he's actually pinned. Yep. Expectation that he should turn up well below his best and run three and a half and win. Right. If he turns up near his best, they won't get near it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I want to I pay some respect to this other horse. I mean, I can't ignore this Uncle Burn, right? So people that are doing exotics, because that's got to be another way to try and make some money out of this race, Ralphie, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, Caulfield, full stop, that performance was serious. Oh, it, it, it was nothing short of stunning. Yeah. And, it's a, and, and I, it's a real shame, really, Ralphie, it's a real shame that both Romantic Warrior and West Wind Blows is there because he would be he should be favoured outside of those two horses. And he's, what, $30? No yep. way. No way. Not a chance in a million. Some chance of flatness two weeks later with the Caulfield Cup. He, he qualified for the Caulfield Cup in that, so he's definitely running there in two weeks. Is there some chance of flatness? There's always that chance but there's not enough in the profile to indicate that that's going to be the case because he's had the, he had the two leading runs. That first up run's probably the real signal, Ralphie, where he went 1.3 lengths below benchmark and then he had a real big move in the mid-race to go plus 6.4 and then tanked right out and then showed no speed in the subsequent run and went 12.9 lengths below benchmark, had a good solid... Uh, mid-race move of around 14 lengths and finished off last 403.2. I'm sort of giving that the signal is where that little bit of flatness and tune-up came. And yep. then he's he's come out and run. Yeah, look, he has run to his best in terms of early speed. Got a little bit of a breather in the mid-race and I felt that that saved him because if they had gone at that same sort of pace – then for sure I would have to say, well, we're a big chance of flat line run. The question now is, can the horse repeat? There's nothing to suggest that it can't repeat. In fact, when I look at the closing last 200 metres, based off the early speed, he was entitled to weaken, but I actually feel that was still conditioning. And if that's the case, then expect a performance equal to what he did last start, and that puts you in the top four. 
Well, there's as much as fifty-one dollars available. So you know, there's there's, there's your uh, uh, either an, a value from a multi or even to, to spec that or a one by three or something like that. So please yourself. But so I'll ask you about the other couple in the market yeah. here. Uh, Osipenko, I'm scratching my head, Vince. Uh, he, he's short favourite. I understand why because he's got weight for age form and he's got Ollie and he's got a ever likely good run and he's got a two thousand record. I can't see it in the numbers. Well, there is a little bit of hidden. Yes. There. And we, we've got to look at it, right? Let, let's look at this from a analytical perspective purely. And let's we don't care what – we might as well call this horse A, right? First section, first up, 17.5 lengths below benchmark. Monster mid-race move. Every bit is what a goal – that uh, what was a goal trip did, right, in terms of mid-race moves. It was 17.6 lengths. Yep. Last 400, not as good, 4.3 above. Then he went to Caulfield. He's still travelling 10 lengths below benchmark first section, Ralphie. But his mid-race move was powerful. His sustained last 400 was powerful. And there's no way he could have appreciated going into his run last start and travelling 16 and a half lengths below benchmark virtually. I mean, that that, that is a, a very poor race shape for this horse. And look where all the energy is. It's all in the mid-race distribution. He's still super strong over the last 400. So this is what happens with these sort of horses, Rolfi. If there's more pace, he's going to travel at a much faster speed. That actually suits the horse because what he's demonstrating is massive sustained speed for at least 1,000 metres, possibly 1,200. And therefore, if you're in a race with speed, that makes this horse effective, particularly if he's still capable of producing a plus four, plus five, last 400. And his trend line and his blueprint indicate that. So uh, I see the and say, I've got a bit of caution on this horse. Does he deserve to be the prices? I, I don't know. At the end of the day, I still don't believe he's going to be able to stand up and beat a horse like Romantic Warrior because it'll have to be a miracle performance and it'll be like completely out of the box. But he's definitely capable of being competitive. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, and by the way, I, I did put him in Sizzlers, but I just wasn't expecting him against this type of quality. Yeah, no, uh, no, fair enough. So Sulkin was was enormous first up, good again last up. He's got one one goal, and that's the Melbourne Cup. Uh, but that doesn't mean he can't really run run very well tomorrow. Uh, how are you assessing him? I thought he's run last last start. If I compare it to horses like let's say Gold Trip, that was phenomenal. It was actually better. Nine point four below benchmark first section. This is what grabbed me. The mid race where it was fifteen point five length squeeze, but it's plus six point one above the benchmark between the eight and the four. Usually when you have that big surge, your last four hundred will be less. And it was actually faster again. Six point nine above. And that's where he gets an edge like over a horse like Ozapenko as an example. He was actually, this horse, Sulkin, was actually capable of increasing his pace and then just tapered, like his run ended just around that 200-metre mark. He still held on around 3.1 above last 200, but you can put it down. This horse's rubber stamp going to improve one length off that run, and he's the other horse that you have to pay a lot of respect to. And I'm not sitting there. I, I could see this horse running second. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's going to get the golden hunt too. By yep, the yep. All right, um, we'll talk business tomorrow, but I don't think you can talk any more business than what you already had. You've made it pretty clear. Romantic Warrior, if he's right, he's got a talent edge on the field. Well, he just had a good parade and the track's what 
we're hoping what it's really going to be and it's going to be like G4, then start backing it. <laughs> nice. Uh, let's look at the sprint. Now, this is race nine, Star Patrol. It was good first up. It was after a, uh, after a minor wind up that said he's back. And he got such an unusual outlier race shape with Najim Sahail creating some of the best speeds we've ever seen at Flemington up the straight. And that's in the 10 years I've been working, 10 years or more I've been working with you. Never seen a race that fast. That says he can come on. His CV says he can come on. And three weeks between runs looks ideal. Is he entitled to the short price? Well, probably the only thing that stands in his way is if Ben Mellon makes any mistakes. That's not simple. Yeah, because. He only has to repeat what he did last start and he's already won the race. <laughs> right. He doesn't even have to improve. Yes. And he has to hold that line, he'll win. Have you got any concerns about that first 800 metres? It was very hard first up. Well, it's 21 days, Ralph. Yes. All the internal simulations clearly indicate that that should be fine. Yep. So I've got to take that as being a positive view. The drop-off also gives further strength to that. It validates it because it was all the drop-off was all significant over the last 200 metres, which is all conditioning blowout, all about that early sort of exertion of energy early in that first half race. And, and if this horse is sound, he should bounce off that in, her, in a horrendous way positively. <laughs> like, we might see... What we once saw of this horse. And exactly right? 2022. Yeah. yeah. So when I went through and I said that, I said, okay, what's left? Okay, the only unknown quantity will be Jigsaw. That's it. And then I said to myself, well, who's left? It's a test for Jigsaw at 1,200 first up. On my thing, my thoughts. Yours? Uh, no. I, I, well, if I could see a lot more pace. Yep. Maybe. Right, maybe, but this horse here, from a first-up perspective, you know he's going to be genuine in his speed. He's not going to come out and run minus three or four. And Daniel Moore's not that not that sort of rider. Yeah, he will allow this horse to roll, and he's going to roll plus one, plus two. That's right in his comfort zone. Therefore, that being the case, he's going to put down a really strong performance. His challenge is this: the only way. I see him getting close to Star Patrol. This is why I said it right at the start. It's all about Ben Mellum. If he decides to be blistering up front and tries to mimic what he did last start, which I don't believe it was him doing that. It was just the way the, the, the nature yeah, of the race was. Yep. If he just takes a sit on it, then it'll, it'll be over. But if he doesn't and he says, no, I'm going to own the front because the horse wants to own it, and he doesn't find a way to get the horse to relax, then Jigsaw finds himself taking the sit and might edge him out. I just want to put a third horse on the table, and it's it's mm-hmm. it's from something that it hasn't done yet. But yep. this stable makes me scared, Vince. It's called Graham Begg Stable. Say Magic came into work, missed a lot of racing. Uh, it last prep, its first prep, Coolmore place behind the in secret. I reckon this is its big target. It's had five weeks between runs. Barrier trials, oh, jump out since. Yep. I reckon this is its grand final, and we know the Beg stable can some, can leap and leap seriously when the money's on. Well, for sure. I mean, at the moment, I haven't pinned it with its plus two performance, but obviously, if it if you were to give it that, then the horse is going to be like a one-two finish, right? Yep. So uh, I, I can clearly see that 
being a possibility, Ralphie, for sure. So I'm not going to sit here and say no. It's definitely a horse that uh, is right there and capable of, well, I still feel that I don't know if he's going to be capable of beating Star Patrol, but he's That's definitely right. capable of running second or third. So it sounds like, so for two races in a row, you're saying if they, these two favourites bring their best, they're better than them. <laughs> so yeah, well, it's pretty simple with Star yeah. Patrol. It's just Ben Mellon. If he takes a sit, they won't beat it. Lovely. All right. Now, I tried to work out a little bit. started working with Quaddy last night, Vince. I thought it's a barbell. We're, we got we got pretty thin in the middle, <laughs> but uh, but pretty challenging on the other, on the first and last leg. So let's start with the Bart Cummings race seven, and uh, where we there's um, there's a very short favourite uh, in uh, in in the uh, in the Kavanagh horse here who's like at low threes in first immortal. He's been going super through the winter. He smashed up inferior stock last start, but. There's still some some uh, quality amongst the amongst these other horses that are that are sort of in that uh, I don't know what, what would you say eight to, eight to twenty dollar range, and uh, I don't think he justifies a really short price that he is. Firstly, how do you think the pace will, of this race will be run in race uh, seven? A big field and yep. all the indicators saying average speed, which sort of surprised me a little bit. Right, of course, let's see if Golden runs or not. Right. Yep. And the reality is if he does, then we can have a little bit of honesty in terms of the pace of the race. If he doesn't run, the race is going to be run below benchmark in a big field. Right. So, And it could be minus one, minus five. But if he runs, it'll be a bit of honesty and we'll get benchmark plus two. And that'll that'll change the nature of the race. And there's a couple of gay Wardhouse horses and a couple of horses in blinkers for the first first time. Well, blinkers again. So that, that, that's all part of it. All right. So how's, how's the first immortal stack up with this field? Well... We started talking about the some of the theories that we've been testing a bit over a year now about when horses have a campaign and they have a little brief let up and then they come back. And this is one of these horses that's like right on that line where it started off its campaign back in April 23, ran all the way through its performances and then they gave it a 70-day break. And even though our internal cutoff is 69, but it's hard to say 69, 70, we're, you know, what, what's the number, right? Yep. But it's definitely not 90, right? And they usually have a bounce and run really big in terms of an overall figure. And that horse went to the valley, got beaten 1.3, but actually posted a new PB of 0.2 above. And then I know it just walked in at Corford and everything looks like super exciting, but it was two lengths below benchmark, Ralphie. Oh, but it's a bit rubbish. <laughs> so... Yes. And, and it also had a very, very soft pace. Now, if they get the soft pace again, right, then, okay, you're going to get the, a pretty good race shape and you'll get your chance to run somewhere around benchmark. Now, is benchmark going to win you the race? See, that's what I'm looking at. The, the bar's sort of indicating, and if Goldman's in, it's about 0.6, Above, and if Goldman's out, it's about benchmark. So that puts the horse, like, just on the fringe, but he certainly, you know, this confirms it. It should be five to one the field, right? <laughs> exactly how I've marked it. Yeah. Uh, there we go. So so Goldman um, was, was super earlier this year, actually beat uh, – beat, uh, uh, Southcombe. So, um, what actually? How does it, he he line up now with the, uh, the you know the uh, situation tomorrow where he can just roll forward? He's come off a fast race at Caulfield, and uh, and really there, there's there's a good chance he's going to run to his best. 
Well, well if, he, if he if he runs in this race, yeah, and knowing that he's going to have some track speed in, in his favour in terms of being closest to the fence and in the lanes and with speed, because if there's speed, it's very difficult for the back markers and the midfielders to take advantage of the wider lanes because they're going to have no energy. Because what happens is they're usually six, ten, twelve off them. And I'm saying six to be nice. Ten's more realistic. You make the big surge, you get to the 350 mark, and you run out of petrol. And therefore, that fast lane of an extra one or two lengths will not help you, right? Yep. So therefore, a horse like Goldman will just keep running. And if he keeps running, they won't run him down. And he wins. <laughs> it's a nice yeah. setup. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's how it looks. And Jordan Childs is 100% the right rider for it too. Yep. Yep, love it. They've kept him. They've kept him on for a reason. Yep. Uh, and and let's underline because you already spoke about Uncle Brendan Turnbull. That was a fast race at Caulfield, so that's going to bring him right on. Yeah, Serpentine will be interesting. What they do with that and Ben <sighs> Mellon, whether they'll sit or try and you know create something a bit ridiculous. But because again, Vince. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. possible, right? Yeah. And then if they do that, then Goldman will have the sits again. Charles not going to be stupid. He'll let the horse just be the horse, and he's just got a good natural flow. But Serpentine's one that can go really trigger happy and it just all gets back down to who's got what intention. Well, so Athapaskin beat Serpentine two starts back and then one again. What's its Sydney form? How does it roll up, uh, line up here? Rolls up pretty uh, – lines up pretty well as Ralphie. When you look at the last start performance of this horse, hard to knock it, 2,400 metres, 6.4 lengths below benchmark first section, nice move in the mid-race going – 1.1 lengths faster than standard. Excellent last 400 off that race shape, 5.1 above. And mind you, the victory before where the horse went 1.9 below, I actually felt this horse has won that last start flat. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and the reason why I'm saying it is this, Rolfie. You peel back to its second up run, it was 15.5 lengths below benchmark. Then he's come out and won that 2,400 metres, and it's a huge turnaround in speed in excess of two seconds, plus an extra 400 metres, much stronger in the mid-race as well. Yes, the last 400 wasn't as good and not entitled to be. So I felt he really felt the effects of that run, probably hence the reason why a slightly softer first section compared to the run before, where now... He's definitely battle ready and not going to be an easy horse to beat. And he's the one that I feel gets the perfect race shape to run down whoever might be the leader. And I'm saying to myself, Goldman, Sir Lucan, Serpentine, they, they're the three obvious pack runners for me. And he's going to have the first crack of running them all down. Uh, one of the big odds I want to put on the table to you, Vince, is Alaskan God. It comes from that, uh, comes from that Caulfield run that we, we spoke about. Seems like he's ready to peak. He was sound at Mooney Valley in the fan. He had race shapes against him last uh, spring, uh, sorry, uh, summer carnival in Perth. He's a WA Derby winner, and uh, he seems to have a little bit of substance from Barrier 1, Jamie Carr. She's probably three back the fence and gets a pretty cheap run at low 20s odds. Yeah, well, she's definitely another ideal rider for this horse, just the way the pattern of this horse is. Very, very capable horse of uh, running dynamically. Its biggest advantage is if it can race in a run uh, in a race where there's not high speed. Yep. Because 
<laughs> when you look at this horse, if he gets a bit of comfort and run five and he can be travelling five to eight lengths below benchmark, he has a phenomenal 400-metre sprint. But what I've noticed is when he's in a race where he's asked to run let's just say benchmark minus three, he loses about three or four lengths over his last 400 metres. And I don't like that, right? Yeah. When I say I don't like it, it still makes him a good racehorse, but he's he's subject to race shape to being competitive. Now, I'm taking a position at the moment. I'm, well, I'm expecting some speed here, right? Some yeah. speed. Now, if Goldman's out, there might be no honesty, Ralphie, right? And everyone could sit up and play all sorts of games that will help Alaskan Gold big time, and he will have the biggest last 400 in the field if that happens. Interesting. And because you mentioned Serpentine, I should mention this Flemington race that he comes from. Uh, now, he's got the blinkers on. Mostly cloudy, though, even though he surprised the market at $21, there was others in the market that, that are in this race. Uh, Shahaya, who was short price favourite, um, also in that uh, in that race was Interpretation, who now gets blinkers again. So it probably says target race. But in the meantime, mostly cloudy was quite solid in its win. Yeah. Well, Ralphie, they're all a chance. Yep. They're all a chance, right? Because <laughs> if there's a no-pace race, I can literally go down to 12 runners. And we, we can make a case for everything, but I'm not, I'm not that sort of guy, Ralphie. I, I don't <laughs> like to play those games, mate. I, I, I just feel like let's get down where the, where the real performances are. And I start with the simple English for me, and that is, have you been running above benchmark recently? If you have, I want to know about you. If you haven't, you know what? We'll wait for you. So we'll wait until like, you get there, yeah. Go, go, Goldman's the one, one for you, and we'll talk further business That's it. tomorrow. That's yeah, it. There yep. we go. All right, last race, particularly for, uh, for the quaddy legs, and, and, and again, Vince, I think this is this is pretty open. I've found a heap of chances here, so I'm really keen on how you've broken this apart. Firstly, it seems like it, it, it's it's pretty obvious that Tamerlane's going to take, take it up and probably have it on his terms. And, yeah, this, this is really interesting. We can make a mess of this race as well, and... Form students know this, and you're a form student, Ralphie, right? When you do deep dive and you start really pulling every run apart of every runner, firstly, when you start, you think, oh, this looks a straightforward race maybe, right? Yep. Then you pull it apart and say, oh, my goodness, this is a nightmare. <laughs> so that's what I mean by it can get messy. But if you just take the helicopter view and keep it simple, this is a very easy race probably four chances and that's how i like them right yeah i see when, when, you know on the surface right i see okay so let's start tamerlane first right the advantage of being on speed leading and the big big possibility now you know damien lane we've spoken about him many times he's not a rider that's going to have gusto in speed. He's going to be very controlled. It'll be very different to Zach Lloyd, right? He'll be very, very controlled. And if he can put, if he can pinch a benchmark first section, oh wow, he's going to be extremely hard to run down because he'll get the full advantage of on pace. He'll get the full advantage of the energy conserving, and he'll get the lanes in his favour because he's going to be first horse in the lanes, right? Yep. So that's the great starting point. And his first up run 
just gave the rubber stamp. They used plenty of speed early, three and a half lengths faster standard. When I compare him to what he's done in the past first up, I first said, did the rider make a mess here of the whole scenario? And I go, no, no, no. This was insight about how ready this horse is. That's why he's completely smashed any of his past first up profiles in terms of his early speed. He's gone dynamically. And then I looked at, okay, why the deterioration in the in the midsection? Well, if you're typically running five or six lengths faster than what you normally do first up, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to get weakness. He got that weakness. And it wasn't too big a taper at the end. I, I pinned him that he peaked at the 400-metre mark, and then I looked at his taper and said, okay, you've lost about 1.7. If you had lost five or six, I would have been a little bit worried, saying you still need more to come, and there was a big pilot error. But the reality was, no, this horse was already in a very forward condition and ready to roll, and his drop-off was only 1.7. And you can almost tack most of that on. And if you tack most of that on, it brings you right in line with my expectation. He should run at least half a length above benchmark and put himself as probably the horse they all have to run down to win the race. Now, there are a couple of horses that can do that. So the next one is, what's the price on the 11, Ralphie? Flying crazy? Yeah. $13. Well, that was a no-joke run from that horse last start either. Yeah. I feel that the Hawks stable have got this horse exactly where they want. Now, the question is, can it repeat the plus 1.4? Well, I did go back and have some close look at a number of other runs, and the reality is he may not repeat the 1.4, but he's definitely going to run half a length above benchmark to plus one. And I said, okay. I looked at that second up run. He made good improvement from his early speed, first up to second up of around five lengths. His mid-race move was excellent as well. It was around three and a half lengths stronger than the first up run. Now, his last 400 metres was nowhere near as dynamic. I mean, his 400 metres at Rose Hill first up was electric. If that wasn't the signal about how happy the Hawks team was with this horse, you know, this campaign, nothing will ever be. I mean, nine and a half above last 400, Ralphie. Yeah, and, electric. and then last start, off a six lengths faster, faster speed, he still run 5.3 lengths faster than standard last 400. I looked for tapers. What I did find was this. Just between the four and the two, there was just a little bit of misuse of energy of around three quarters of a length. And I go, okay, well, there is a possibility you can repeat the 1.4. If you repeat the 1.4... Maybe you will be able to run down Tamerlane. This is how I was visualizing everything. Who's going to run it down, right? Yeah. So I said, you're there. And if by any chance, see, if Damien's going to do what I'm expecting to happen somewhere around that benchmark, be prepared for flying crazy to have the biggest um, straight line speed at the end. It's just about where he's parked in the run is going to be the key, right? where Jai has him. Does he have him six lengths, eight lengths from the leader, or does he have him four? If he has him four from the leader, he might grab it. But if he has a seven or eight, it's going to be borderline, right? Okay, so pushing him aside, I only had two other horses to really look at unless you've seen something, Ralphie, right? Yep. The the other one would be uh, number 12. Nicolini Vito. Yep. Again, it's had race shapes against it, hasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, last start was a joke, yeah. race shape-wise, <laughs> yeah. right? And this horse, 
He's a rock solid 0.5 to plus 1.5 range. So this is right up his alley. Uh, Michael D, when he's in form, he's fantastic, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and he'll be very suited to this horse as well because things will be favourable for him in terms of, A, how this race should pan out. And not shouldn't be a big problem of being able to slot in early. He might get a touch further back than ideal. The reality is he's going to put himself in a good position and he'll get his opportunity. Whether he's going to be able to finish as strong as flying crazy, it'll be race-shaped determined. If the pace is faster, then Nikolai Vito could have a stronger finish. If not, then no. And then the other runner is number nine, Rolfie. Um, go a rock hard fit and just hasn't had things its way, but it's, it's never been far off. Well, look at the last start run. I mean, yep. am I dreaming there? Plus 1.1, unbelievable last 800 metres. I mean, and Buffalo was really putting the hammer down, right, in terms of, you know, tr- you know trying to spread him out after they'd gone 500 metres. Like, he's really gone for it. And that's why this horse has put down 6.4 lengths above benchmark between the 8 and the 4 and 4.4 lengths above over the last 400. And he tanked out. Yeah. It was too much for him. So... He's also, you know, he's going to have excellent sustained speed. And whenever they, whenever Damien Lane says, let's go, right, you know he's going to be there to strike. Yeah, and it's probably stalking it too. So yep. that gives it a chance. All right, so just quickly, a couple of left field runners. Yep. Just folk, first start, Gavin Bedgook stable. He's very good with these older horses. Is he? And, and it jumped out well at, uh, at um, Cranbourne. Just what, what's his what's his best if he if he was able to uh, get him to reproduce uh, not, his not, old not, Yeah, no, no, not tomorrow, Ralphie. Right no, I'm, not, I'm not going there. Yeah, look, maybe he's $11 or whatever he is because Damien Lane's his only hope. Right. Yep. And he, yes, he gets a good race shape, but the problem is it's going to be two one post. And the other one that I'm, I wish it was either rail true or a bit of barrier, but Charterhouse, I think he's got some X factor. They dual accepted with him, uh, but chose to to stay here, and uh, and he. In a twelve hundred race last night, it was an insane pressure race. The one we spoke about with Star Patrol didn't get a chance to breathe. Um, this only his fourth start. He's an import. He's He's, this may used to sort of upside, so mm. I wouldn't be surprised if he just brought a new PB. To Quite team. possible. I mean, he's. I feel his profile is a mile. Yep. And we, he might not get the race to be run like a mile. It might, you know, be turn out to be more like a, a sort of a sit and sprint race. That that'll work against him. But in, in this stable, right? Yes. <laughs> um, you. There's no question that he's ready. There's no question at all. Off that run at Flemington last start, he's definitely ready to pull the trigger. The question is, is he going to get the right race shape of 14 tomorrow? If it was a mile, I would say, well, we have to have him in, Ralphie. Right. Let's uh, let's pick up the pace on a couple of other races here just to, to touch on. We'll talk business tomorrow going through the whole card. But firstly, the Rosa Kingston Stakes race, six on the program here. Princess Grace, odds on favourite. Entitled to on weight for age form. Only the little negative I can find, and I'm being nitpicking because at $1.60 you should nitpick. Uh, all their runs in high quality races, though, have been on very soft tempo. So, what are you expecting speed wise tomorrow? <laughs> no speed. There you go. So, we'll get it in a similar rate shape. <laughs> yeah. uh, everything indicates, you know, minus one, five, minus five. Who's going to, who, uh, unless someone's going to want to light up the fire? Damien Lane's not going to do it on, on by. And Blake 
could he do it on Starlight Scope? Oh, no, it'll be a lonely if it does. So. Yeah, and, and yeah. if he does, yeah. It, so we're not we've got no speed. <sighs> Again, Ralphie, I, I, I don't want to be complicated, right? <laughs> Simple man. <laughs> there's, there's only three. There's if you got heart problems for <laughs> the short priced horse, right? Yeah, because he's probably worthy of it. Just. A guy like myself, I probably can't get set, and therefore I have to stay out of a race like this. But for everyone else, you don't definitely don't have to stay out, right? But I just felt the only other two dangers were number one, skew if right. So what's his level of talent from New Zealand? Oh, it's it's it, this horse. Well, it's not so much the level of uh, talent, right? But he's his performance last start, like he just went to the next level. He was borderline. Benchmark minus one horse in New Zealand. He's come out first up and gone one point seven. She, <laughs> she, sorry. And I go, oh wow, wow, you. That's a nice you, time. Yeah, you've you've come back like sensational. If you bring that here, right, you're gonna you, you've got money to make because there's no way that's a peaking performance, right? Yeah. That's just that's just saying I'm back and I'm three four lengths better than last campaign. And therefore, this horse could easily extend himself to be a plus two to four horse. We have to see if he can do it here in in Australia. So he's definitely where you should be. And then I'm expecting one of the longer price like Road to Ataki to uh, rebound pretty strongly. Now, mind you, I'm saying all these things, Ralphie. If you really wanted to talk about who's any possible threat, the New Zealand might be a chance of looking a danger against Princess Grace, but it should be by how far. Nice. Make it nice and simple. The Dane Hill, the three-year-olds up the straight. Uh, we're impressive. Archo Nacho last start beating I Am Unstoppable, but uh, a couple others. Um, there's some different form from Sydney, and Stretton Angel ran in the Phillies race that day and was also sound. So how are you lining up the, uh, the, the, horse, the three-year-olds in race five? Yes, the three-year-olds in race five, yes, yes. Well, Archo Nacho has to be the place where we start, right? Hmm. I can't fault that first up run. Look at it. It's at this track. It's 0.7 above. You got in the top 10 for the day. Probably a little bit softer than what's ideal for you in terms of your... I mean, the blueprints, the horse only had three starts, right? But the yep. blueprint, even off the first two runs, sort of indicate this horse's uh, comfort speed is probably a lot more like minus two, and this horse is going minus five. His finish was nowhere near as electric as what it was at, at Flemington, therefore sort of giving you clear insight that there's more, right? And it's just got to do the way a race shape's governed. And then I looked at the last two and 400 metres and he sort of gave me the clear signal, you're, you're, you're back pretty strong. And that's got to be the starting point. So who else can run to that level? Okay, Liberated. Libertad, next, yeah. Yeah, Libertad, sorry. Yep. He, he's the next horse. Yep. Rose Hill Performance, first up, 0.7 above, fifth best of the day. Very similar, these two horses. And... You'd like to think that's where the race is. This is it's those two from the rest. Now the others could all improve, maybe, but they haven't yet. I know it hasn't got speed as far as coming off a fourteen hundred run, but the Golden Rose is the best three year old race. Full stop. Um, Don Corleone, eighteen dollars. How's it line up? Yeah, oh, you know, I went looking at this horse, and I was looking very closely at the 
you know, the one point two profile. And I just said to myself that your disadvantage is going to be the eleven hundred. Yeah. Not the class. The class is, is is as good as these horses' class was. Just I felt the eleven hundred's wrong move. And I, sh- I should ask you, given it, I, I don't know why I am unstoppable's favourite over Arsho Nacho. Why there's an assumption it's going to run past him tomorrow? All oh, right, so that's that's the favourite in the market, is it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought Archer Nacho beating fair and square and can improve further. So, well, he uh, did beating fair and square. Yeah, and there's a high probability he'll do it again. Very high probability, especially when I look at rider profiles. Um, I would say even more so unless something's happening that I'm not aware of. <laughs> nice and simple. Uh, there, there's um, for the longer races, the manifolder in race four and uh, in the superimposed race three. Anything for our punters to think about for the, for tomorrow, or are you happy to leave the rest of the card until we talk business tomorrow? Race four and race three. Yeah, oh, definitely. I'm gonna not going to help too many people in race three. I mean, if you like the favourite. He's the only horse above benchmark coming from Kembla Grange, from my point of view. Yeah, Riff Rocket. Then I I go, okay, but people are braver than me, Ralphie. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And the race four, we've got a benchmark profile, Legacies, and it is like right at the top of the market, but it's just on the benchmark. Mile, I've just, you know, the races you've, talked about so far there's just so much money there <laughs> well, i don't, know. Well, uh, I don't uh, need to go to the hard places no exactly well let's leave it at that um we'll, we'll obviously skim through all more tomorrow once uh once final fields are out and we've got uh, absolute clarity on the track but you know there's there's barely any rain scheduled today and none tomorrow we know how good a drawing track it is so it'd be surprised only scratchings will probably change your thoughts between now and then uh in the meantime really appreciate you being a customer of the year-round carnival preview podcast Vince has been got the shoulders back for tomorrow and uh and hopefully uh, hopefully you've enjoyed the content and uh, we'll talk further tomorrow morning.